The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. Just to remind you that as you listen to our show, we encourage you to also follow along on our social media channels because relevant content about this show will drop down to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram. So you want to check that out as you listen. So let's have the countdown begin. Let's start with number four. Four. This week on the Pet Buzz, we are talking about anthropomorphizing No, that's like me saying all those medical terms. It's anthropomorphizing. Okay. Anthropomorphizing our furry friends and family members with leading psychologist, Dr. Stanley Coran, and contributor to Psychology Today. You know, for once, I feel actually good that you couldn't pronounce the word. I know. You always blow up all the words, and I do. Three, and in segment three, Matt Beisner is joining us to talk about his new Nat Geo Wild show. Dog Impossible. And two, segment two, we are going to kick off our celebrity dish with a scoop on the presidential Democratic candidates. And in Flex Facts, Charlotte and I are talking about the essentials of tailgating with pets, my favorite. Lastly, number one, our guest is waiting on the phone from PetFinder.com. She's highlighting less desirable pets during less adoptable pet week. Joining us today is Jessica Arnold, the marketing manager at PetFinder.com, a Nestle Purina North American company. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us during Less Adoptable Pet Week. Hi, Dr. Fleck, and hi, Charlotte. Oh, we're so glad you're with us today. So yeah, it's going to be great. So here's the big question. What makes a pet less adoptable? Oftentimes, if a pet is seen by potential adopters as needing extra time, attention, care, or financial resources, it can make the pet harder to place. That's sad. I know it. It is. Okay, so who are these less adoptable pets? Jessica, can you describe them for us? Sure. So, in reality, any characteristic behavior or trait that can negatively influence an adopter's decision can make the pet less adoptable. But in in um, more specific terms, pets that are senior or have special needs physically or medical requirements, in some cases, it's simply pets that don't photograph well. I mean, dark-colored pets, for example, can be very hard to find in homes for because you can't see their face clearly in adoption photos. You know, that's a really good point because, you know, we've had a friend of ours on the show, Dr. Christy Hoffman, for, uh, mm-hmm. Hoffman from Canisius College. Yes. And one of the things that she always said is if you can donate services, you know, if you're a photographer and you can donate and you have a specialty in, you know, photographing black hats, you can light them. I mean, that's kind of hard for a shelter. But she said you should always feature those, I guess you could say, less undesirable pets with a toy or something. And I must make, admit, that too, that out. as a practitioner, when I see these less desirable I kind of look at them special, and they may even get more special attention. From you? Don't, uh, my clients, please don't listen to that, but they, I think I give them more special well, attention. Well, you know, it's funny. You give our pets, the black pets, more yeah. attention, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're seniors. Okay, yeah. well, Jessica, you know, once again, thank you so much for being here talking about this topic, because I think it's really important, especially it's less adoptable pet week, but 
Go ahead. What we're going to say. Well, I was going to ask her about uh, can can you dispute the myths about these special dogs and cats? Absolutely. So I've worked in shelters, and many of the most loving pets that I've met would be considered less adoptable. Really, they're hidden gems. I mean, many times people will see a senior pet and equate that to limited time left. But pets that are aged six, seven, eight, nine, they have so much more to offer. They typically have better manners than younger pets. They're low energy, so they're perfect for an older adult or even a family that doesn't have a lot of time for exercise. And, you know, it's the same that can be said for pets that, that don't photograph well. You don't get to see their personalities shine through until you really get to know them. They're actually wonderful animals. Now, I had heard from a little friend of mine at Perina, you adopted an older, a senior pet. Is that correct? Yeah. So when um, my husband and I decided to add to our household, um, we had uh, a toddler at home that we were potty training. And I, in no, under no circumstances, did I want to potty train a puppy and a toddler at the same time. <laughs> so we knew an older pet was for us, but we also um, opted for a larger pet that, that frequently large animals can be considered less adoptable. But we knew with a toddler and a four-year-old, we wanted a mature pet that wouldn't get stepped on or injured by the young kids running around. Um, so we came across a boxer mix, um, and he lived with us for eight years, and he was seriously one of the best pets we ever had That sounds great. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Jessica Arnold, the marketing manager at PetFinder.com. So... Go ahead, Dr. Vleck. You you had something you were burning to ask. Yeah, you know, what do potential pet owners need to think about when they're adopting these special pets? Well, it, what really is important for potential adopters is they be realistic and open-minded. So some adopters won't even consider a pet with health problems because they think they don't have the time, energy, or resources to care for them. But our research has shown that people who have adopted pets with special needs actually find it even more rewarding, and it really kind of taps into their altruistic nature. Um, So they really feel like they're saving a pet, and they're adding to their family dynamic in a really positive way. At PetFinder, we encourage pet owners to meet adoptable pets of all ages, sizes, breeds, and abilities, and spend the time to learn their personality, even though it might not seem like a good fit on paper. Once you're there meeting them, you might have your new best friend. You know, I think the key that you said for me was be realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people have an idea of what kind of pet they want, and then they kind of don't listen to the adoption counselors. And I think that's really, really important. That is absolutely important. That's actually the last point that I wanted to make was you can have a clear and accurate assessment of your lifestyle and then have realistic expectations of the needs and the commitment required for the pet. So a pet who bonds with one person is not going to be the best fit for a family of five. A pet with high energy who's extremely outgoing might be the best fit in the world for a family that loves to go on hikes or a jogger. And, you know, there's, you have to take all of those characteristics into account. So it's less adoptable pet week, Jessica. What should we be doing? How can our listeners help promote these less adoptable pets? Oh, well, on PetFinder, um, we have more than 11,000 shelters and rescues who are posting across the country, um, and we have breed uh, labels that we can, um, our shelters and rescues can select. So potential adopters can go to PetFinder and search on any criteria that they're interested in, so care and behavior traits, weight, age, um, all of those things that lets them narrow their search down and then um, select a pet that best fits their lifestyle. 
Great information. Jessica, thank you for joining us today to talk about those less adoptable pets. Well, that was Jessica Arnold, the marketing manager at PetFinder.com, a Nestle Purina North American company. To learn more about these special dogs and cats that are up for adoption, visit PetFinder.com. And I'm going to make a suggestion. Volunteer your time. If you are a photographer, help some of those less adoptable pets get adopted. Not only this week, but any day of the week. And also... Hey, if you have $5, if you have a dollar, stop by the shelter and drop off a donation. It doesn't have to be a big check. Any little bit can help, right? Absolutely. And so for more information, visit PetFinder.com. You know what's coming next. We're talking about the celebrity dish as well as Flex Facts. This is a segment not to be missed. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Hey, my name is Rory Diamond. I am the CEO of Canines for Warriors. We are the nation's largest provider of service dogs for disabled American veterans. And we are asking everyone to support Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Persons Act, House Bill 3130. Absolutely critical to do this. We require the VA to help organizations like Canines for Warriors serve our disabled veterans with incredible life-saving service dogs and to recover from post-traumatic stress. Please contact your member of Congress to support Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Persons Act, House Bill 3130. Hey, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and research shows walking at least a half an hour every day can reduce a person's risk for heart disease and other serious illnesses. So regular walking is a great way to live a long and happy life. For most dogs, an hour of physical activity each day is necessary and will help them lead healthier lives free of disease. Walking a dog does not only have a physical benefit, there are plenty of psychological benefits for both the dog and the owner. There are so many smells, sights, and sounds in the outdoors that a dog is mentally stimulated every time he or she walks out the front door. Taking a dog on a walk will also help to solidify the strong bond between you and your animal. Give your dog some positive attention by doing what he or she loves. Take your dog out for a neighborhood walk today. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. 
This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, it's time for the celebrity pet dish. I didn't know this, but Donald Trump is the first president in 150 years to not have a pet at the White House. Now, although his friend Lois Pope did try to gift him with a poodle named Patton, his favorite general, he declined the offer of having a dog. Now, although the debates, right, that are going on right now highlight many of the differences between the president and the presidential hopefuls, I'm only talking about the Democrats right now. So let's take a look at some of their dogs. So let's start with Elizabeth Warren. She's climbing the poles right now. She's got a lovely golden retriever named Bailey. Now, Bailey has an Instagram account, which I think the handle is a bit presumptuous. It's at First Dog Bailey. It's written that he likes long walks, belly rubs, and financial <laughs> regulations that hold billionaires and corporations accountable. What does this dog know about financial regulations? And then, of course, there's Artemis, who appeared on the cover of Vanity Fair with her owner a few months ago. That's Beto O'Rourke. Now, Artemis, she was a doll. Some people even say she stole that cover of Vanity Fair. But she also has a presumptuous Instagram account handle. It's at first underscore dog underscore USA. Now, one of the last tweets that appeared on the website talked about Beto's new T-shirt that says, hell yes, we're going to take your (laughs) AR-15s. Okay, on her Instagram account, it says that she's received numerous messages about this particular T-shirt. It says all puppers and kitties across the country are asking for a bandana, too, so that they can sport this message at dog parks and on neighborhood walks. Okay, so perhaps we're going to see Beto have a doggy bandana for, for sale soon, but I don't know. I think the dogs don't need to be in the political dog fight. Okay, now, Pete Budacek. Did I say the name right? I think it's pretty close. Pretty close. Okay. He has two rescue dogs, Truman and Buddy. And Truman is a beagle lab mix. And Buddy is a one-eyed puggle. (laughs) Okay. So he's special needs all the way. Good for him. Less adoptable. Okay. So you can learn more about Truman and Buddy at First Dog Espy. Now, which makes sense because they are the first dogs of South Bend, Indiana. (laughs) So what I love about these two pooches is they don't spew any political views. They enjoy the canine life of frolicking, sleeping, and playing. Oh, yes, and we can't forget Major, Major, who is the German Shepherd or former Vice President Joe Biden. Okay, so Joe Biden got Major from the Delaware Humane Association. It seems as if Major was one of six puppies who were brought to DHA after coming in contact with something toxic in the former owner's home. Their original owner was unable to afford veterinary care, so they surrendered all six of them, Dr. Fleck. Joe Biden found out about them, and now he is a dog owner of a big dog. Okay, so now people are going to ask, what about everybody else? New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, Camille Harris, the California Senator, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, and Amy Klobuchar, the Minnesota Senator, nor Julian Castro, the former housing secretary, don't own dogs. Too bad for them. <laughs> and now, I'm not sure about Andrew Yang, but I would say probably <laughs> no. But if he did, he'd find a way to spend $1,000 a month on that dog, too. Dancing Yang, of course. But you know, it's kind of interesting that there's no candidates with cats. <laughs> and now, what you have been waiting for is my Flex Facts. Hooray! Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Facts. 
or fiction? Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! This is going to take long. You got the time. I thought it would be fun to talk about my favorite thing in the whole wide world. What's that? It is college football. Let's talk tailgating and pets at college football. Okay, well, the football season underway. Many sports enthusiasts are tailgating with friends and family, including their four-legged fur kids. Well, according to the American Tailgating Association, bringing your animal with you to a tailgate can make for a very enjoyable experience. So, why do people want to tailgate with their dogs? Well, pets are four-legged family members, and we want to share our lives with them. And, of course, we want to share the love of the game. Hmm. How about our pooches demonstrating the uh, family team spirit? Great question. you got to dress up your pet yeah. favorite team colors. Fido will enjoy wearing his football jersey, hoodie, or T-shirt. And for those pets that don't like to dress up, consider a football-themed bandana. Or if you live in a rivalry home, consider a ruffery T-shirt. Your pet can also wear, now I love this, a pet mascot costume. Doesn't sound like passion for your college football and passion for your pet? So great. What about tailgating essentials? Do you need to bring? Great question. You got to bring a crate, a bed, poop bags, first aid kit, and you want to make sure your dog is wearing up to date dog tags with your current cell phone number. Sometimes the tailgating experience can be a little too much, and for those times, your pooch <laughs> might need to reduce his stress. Whether it's in the stadium parking lot or at a home party, you might want to try some CBD Living Pet Calming Dog Tinkature. And there's one for cats, too. So this unique blend of broad-spectrum CBD. Now, this broad-spectrum has no THC, and it's packed with omega-3 fatty acids that are absorbed through the bloodstream and affect the lymphatic system without being affected by parallel food digestion. So don't put it in water. Put it in the pet's mouth or put it in food. If you want some water additive, CBD Living Pet makes a water additive. What so else? check it out at CBD Living Pet. Well, you can't forget your feeding and water bowl. Since influenza, like canine influenza, is running rampant in the canine community, don't let Fido drink out of any other water bowls except his own. Try Loving Pet's Bellaroma Travel Bowls. They're collapsible, PBA-free, and dishwasher safe. Consider the singles or the double diners, and they lie flat. Love that. LovingPetsProducts.com. Well, you know, tailgating is all about the food and drink. What do you feed your pet? Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting hungry thinking about uh, it right too. now. Ready to serve tailgating food includes Avengers grain-free hand-packed diets, the company hand-packed specialties such as drumettes, and hunk of beef. That's <laughs> probably one of your favorites. Yeah. Our process to maintain the shape and nutrition of each recipe contents. The cooking process, check this out, right in the can. So it's cooked in its own juices, and what happens is it softens those recipe bones, making them edible, safe, and wholesome, and highly digestible. Your dog can enjoy the signature series, which are the grain and gluten-free chicken, beef, and lamb stew with farm-fest vegetables, simmered in gravy for a delectable meal. Think about that when it's a little colder, like October, November. You put it right on that grill. Mm. You heat it up a little bit. And they're less than $3 a can. Can I eat this? You probably can. <laughs> and you know what else is what? really good? What? You like a grilled sausage now and then, mm-hmm. don't you? Mm-hmm. So Fido is going to love these natural value duck sausages that are 100% farm and made in the USA. Proof that healthy, safe USA-made dog treats can be affordable. And I love, look at this like string right here. Cooked on an open grilling rack to reduce fat 
and give them a delicious favor. Mm. Their wheat corn soy and gluten free and contain no byproducts. These soft chew treats are perfect for any age or any size dog, and that's at Loving Pets Products. Okay, and lastly, how does your pooch enjoy the fun? And games of the day. Well, you got to have assorted footballs of all kinds that can make Fido happy no matter what age or size. Maybe he'll stay in the bed. Or maybe it's a dog who wants to retrieve the football. But, you know, I like these tug toys by Auburn Leather Crafters. Any dog of any size can pick them up. And they can also chew the all-natural lever, most importantly, Auburn Leather Crafters. Their products made in our U.S. of A. And that are all the flex facts for the week. Love that. Well, more of the pet buzz very soon. Bet you can't wait for my I like you of the week. Mm-hmm. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night, and he led me over to a very specific person. And here, that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And now, what you've been waiting for. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. So not such a long time ago, I was in Louisville, and I went to see the Muhammad Ali Museum. So when I'm on these trips, I always buy a mug for Dr. Flex, because a lot of times his patients like to talk about what he's got. And then I was happy to find in this museum, they had gifts for pets. They had pet bandanas. So the museum is very inspirational. So, of course, the memorabilia is, too. So the pet bandanas, they're available in multiple colors, yellow, red, pink, green, orange, and blue. They read, check this out, be great. Chew great things. As long as they're not your shoes, right, Dr. Fleck? Yes. Okay. The bandana is about $4.99, and they're truly inspirational. And they've made me realize how awesome our dogs are and how great they continue to be each day. I love the bandanas. They're cool. I'm collecting a lot of things that my clients can look at now. I know. So we actually got the orange and the yellow ones. Super cool. Okay, well, let's move on. We'll have our next guest on the phone. National Geographic is known for its animal-based programming, whether it's animals throughout the world or pets in our homes. Nat Geo will help educate viewers on these animals and their potential relationships with humans. That's exactly what the new series, Dog Impossible, is about. So joining us today is Matt Beisner, dog behaviorist and owner of Zen Dog in Los Angeles. If you didn't know Matt, 
was the specialist who tackled Leah Dunham's dog Lammy's rehabilitation before the dog was sent for rehoming. In his new show, Dog Impossible, Matt takes on dangerous, aggressive, and misunderstood dogs attempting to rehabilitate their behavior. Matt, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with both of you. So, Matt, you know, in your show trailer for Dog Impossible, you say that you see yourself in these problematic dogs. Tell us a little bit more about this. Briefly, I was a problematic human being. I, I grew up afraid of a lot of things, not knowing how to engage, be a part of, and, uh, and acted out in a lot of behavior, a lot of it being aggression. And I know scientifically that 90% of aggression is fear-based. And so that, that correlation between my experience as a young adult into an irresponsible human uh, and the dogs that I work with, it's pretty close for me, and it's personal in that way. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, so can you please talk to us about how you apply the Buddhist principles to dog training? Well, I'll start by saying that, that there's a rumor going around that I'm a Buddhist monk, and that's not true. <laughs> a Buddhist monk. But what I find that, that's, that is um, practical and immediately impactful for dogs and the Buddhist principles are patience, compassion, consideration, and, uh, and 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 actions kind as actions, and that helps shape the way that we engage with and teach dogs. And this is much more about teaching than it is training. You know, one of the things that I found interesting when I developed this question, it was kind of part of your rehabilitation, correct, for yourself, using right. some of these principles? Yeah, needed, that's exactly what happened. I needed to, uh, I'm in recovery more than a decade now from addictions to drugs and alcohol. Interesting. I mean, I noticed one of the things from watching the trailer and watching the show is I like when you're quiet around the dogs. You don't really see a lot of dog trainers just being quiet and having that stillness. I find the stillness to be the beginning of detachment, and detachment allows us to see dogs more for who they are, not just what they think they have to be or not what we want them to be. And I found for myself as, as a trainer for years, and I've seen it with thousands of client sense that we were projecting so much onto the dog and so much of what we want is about the fulfillment of our own ego that we don't make space for the dog to tell us who it is and what it needs. And, and that shift in consideration has been radical in an ability to help the dog change its behavior. If you've just joined us, I'm talking with Matt Beisner of the new show Dog Impossible. He is talking about his new show and how he works to rehabilitate dogs. You know, the other thing I think Dr. Fleck and I found really fascinating was that you're utilizing other dogs uh, when training yeah. problematic canines. Um, how does that work? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, first, I have to build a, a relationship with a dog. I have to earn a dog's respect and, and uh, earn that dog's trust and have a loving, practical daily relationship. And in doing that, and then having a better sense of who the dog is, I can begin to count on that dog to help me read dogs better. I just know that I need help, and so if I get a dog that I trust, that dog becomes a communicator or a barometer for me as to the dog that I'm working with. And because dogs learn from dogs faster than humans, that's a much faster, and we now see a more effective way to change behavior permanently. How fascinating. Very fascinating. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you know, it's funny when I... I used to live in New York City. So, you know, living in New York and I had smaller dogs, they would go outside four and five times a day. Mm -hmm. And I found the dogs learned from each other 
about what to do when they went outside. Now I live in Florida, the yard, I'm a little lazier. <laughs> but they, it's true. They, I believe they learn from each other. Don't you like, he's so still. I love it. He's so, I know. They're like relaxed. I'm relaxed. So am I. It's hard for me to relax, but, you know, having you around, I'd definitely relax. Oh. <laughs> hey, what are we going to see on this upcoming week's show? We're going to see dogs that are, that are put in impossible situations, mostly because the humans that were responsible for them along the way didn't know, uh, and in some cases didn't care or, or had other priorities. And so the dogs find themselves unable to curb their own behavior and being reprimanded, uh, punished in some cases, um, because they don't know what to do and, and, the, and the humans involved don't know what to do. So we're going to show them that what was seemingly impossible is not only possible, but it's eminently workable, and the success is in their hands. And we're going to see transformation, which is what we see every week. You know, I find, and, and maybe you'll agree, I mean, a lot of the problems that some of these problematic dogs have, they it's not that they were born with them. It's just that they were misunderstood when they went to their that first household or, you know, or the, the breeder or the owner had. And then they, they can't handle them, and then they dump them off at the shelter. Agreed. And one of the things I've learned from Dr. Ian Dunbar is that the primary window of, of brain development for dogs is 2 to 10 weeks old. And so at that point, even if we're getting dogs from a reputable breeder, we don't really know what's happened. And I know also in that that, that by 10 weeks old, dogs are wired to be dog social, human social, potty trained, and chew trained, which includes bite inhibition. So it's really easy for any of us, however responsible or educated we are, to miss that, that window. And then we end up playing catch up with dogs and um, and knowing that, and I've just got to be a lot more patient, both with the animals and with the people that I work with, because we're all we're all behind the eight ball on this. So, I guess, what do you want to accomplish with your new show? What I'd like to accomplish most of all, if I had one takeaway for everybody, it's that there is hope, there is the power of transformation, and personally, and I think the message of the Zen Dog is, we have an opportunity, and now is the time, and we have a platform to have a new conversation about how we interact with treat, train, and I don't mean treat as in giving them treats, I mean actually treat and engage with and train and ultimately teach dogs. And if we can have a new conversation about that and we can show that there is a practical, effective method to help humans help dogs help themselves, then I think it's going to change how we view them socially, culturally, and at a global level. And that's going to empower humans in a way that I don't think previous generations of dog training have been able to do. Boy, that's, that's just wonderful. So lastly, where can our listening audience watch Nat Geo's Dog Impossible? Nat Geo Wild's Dog Impossible airs Sunday night, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, 7 Pacific, and then it's running almost around the clock at this point on Nat Geo Wild. The network is so enthusiastic about the show that there's a lot of opportunities to watch it. And if, like with my family, they couldn't access the channel, what you can do is you can jump on Amazon and buy it an individual episode or by the whole season. It's a pretty low cost for a pretty powerful experience. It's transformative. Wonderful. Matt, I'm, I'm totally relaxed. And <laughs> thank you so much for no, joining us. I mean, us. so imagine how relaxed you feel. Yeah. Just imagine, like, and watching Matt. It's going to be so interesting to watch that. Watching the dogs, like, absorb Matt's vibe is, like, yeah. so super cool. You know yeah. what I mean? And there are challenges, of course, for him and his staff throughout the show but just the how they work through it is like a different experience than anybody i've ever seen work with dogs yeah. definitely check out matt beisner 
that I'm going to call him the chief canine rehabilitator. I really look forward to watching this show. So you got to watch his new show. It's completely addictive. And congratulations on this new show. Thank you both for the time. Again, I really appreciate being able to sit with you and appreciate your listening. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. Well, you know, now is time for the global pet news. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. Well, you know, bomb-sniffing dogs sent from the United States to its Middle Eastern ally, Jordan, are falling ill and dying due to poor treatment and negligence, a federal investigation has just found. A year-long evaluation by inspectors at the State Department found that at least 10 such dogs in Jordan died between 2008 and 2016 for medical problems. Even those who survive are suffering from unhealthy conditions such as inadequate kennels, poor sanitation, and overwork. Photos in the report, and I'm going to publish some of those photos, published last week show dogs with ribs protruding from their sides. Their nails are overgrown and their ears are home to ticks so engorged that they have likely been feasting on the dogs for weeks. In some facilities, there weren't even any dog bowls. The handlers fed the dogs simply by throwing food on the floor. For more than 20 years, the U.S. has sent bomb-sniffing and specialty-trained dogs to partner nations under this anti-terrorism assistance program. And despite spending millions of dollars, and that's taxpayer dollars, for training and dispatching these dogs, the State Department officials Fail to ensure their health and welfare, said this report, which was launched after a hotline complaint about the dog's treatment. So are you surprised? I'm really very surprised. See, I'm not surprised because a lot of these cultures don't value dogs. They think of them, especially in the Muslim countries, as dirty, filthy, and less than nothing. Yeah, but you would think that we would investigate that first but i'm ashamed about this policy of providing these beautiful creatures to people who really don't understand them don't want to care for them and they don't appreciate what these dogs can do to help their country i mean think about it like this there are service men who are killing themselves literally spending their money 
figuring out ways to get the service dogs that they've met or worked with or provided them care and comfort in those Muslim countries. Sometimes those dogs are beaten, they're shot. We know in Iran they've thrown acid on them because in those countries they don't value dogs. They think dogs are unclean, they don't see them as pets, they see them as less than, and they don't understand that these dogs have a value. They cannot be, the services that these dogs cannot be replicated so is it irreversible? Should we not no, ever send them? No, I think them? right now Senator Grassley is leading the charge for this. He's uh, trying to get in touch, and, and he's dealing with uh, Secretary Pompeo, and hopefully they can work this country out. Stay tuned. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on this case. Please. Please, because I'm going to Washington this week, That's and I'm right. gonna I'm gonna find out what's going on. I'm gonna go to Senator Grassley's office and figure out what's going. If I can't see him, I'm gonna be writing him and Pompeo, Secretary. And what we can do on this show to and help? Exactly. So now that we've done the news, we're gonna bring on our our next guest. You know, it's really interesting some of the images that you see today for pets that are equating human characteristics. So this is what prompted me to do this interview with Dr. Corrin. So People Pets published a feature on September 13th about a pregnant French bulldog and her sire, who was also a Frenchie. The photographer was a guy named Crystal Malik of Crystal Malik Photography. The El Campo, Texas canine couple picked, or rather, they didn't pick, somebody picked some traditional maternity Human shoot poses like sitting side by side with a sign that reads, we're pregnant, and some other unique photos. So I'm going to make sure you guys see these photos. But my question is, is this too much? So joining us to talk about this and the human anthropomorphizing of our dogs is Dr. Corn, Professor Emeritus in the Department of Psychology at the University of British Columbia. He is best known to the public for his popular books on dogs and on general psychological issues. However, within the scientific world, he is also a highly respected scientist, having done research in a wide range of psychological areas. Good morning, Dr. Corn, and thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. Pleased to be here. You know, you've had a chance to look at those pictures, so is this too much? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it's too much. It's 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 not to be unexpected. Okay, uh, let 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 me let me give you the, the the basis of this whole thing. A lot of people consider dogs to be family members, and the trick to understanding dogs is that the average dog uh, has a mind uh, uh, equivalent to a human two to three year old, and so we recognize that, and so. Uh, not only are they members of our family, but they're our kids, okay? And we do silly things with our kids. I mean, uh, uh, we dress them up and uh, uh, put costumes on them. And, uh, <laughs> and, and buy them hooker heels in the department store, you know, when they're like 14 years old. But, I mean, come on. It's like. But we're not encouraging our kids to get pregnant. I mean, the one thing that was on trend about these two French bulldogs sitting next to each other, they mentioned it was her beau, right? It was like basically they just should have substituted baby daddy. Like it was like Cosette's baby daddy, you know? Well, but that requires 
Make you a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sounds like we're putting you on the spot. No, I mean, Doctor Cordy was almost speechless there for us. Okay, so I get it. We treat our dogs like family members, but what does this do to our dogs? Oh, it doesn't do anything to the dogs. I mean, there was a whole movement in the UK from uh, one of their humane societies in which they wanted to ban, you know dressing dogs up and that sort of thing and they said you know it's embarrassing to the dog and it's humiliating and all that sort of thing and the bottom line is that that's not true i mean dogs don't care i mean (laughs) (laughs) what they like it because you know you fuss around with them so you're paying attention and attention is reward for dogs and then when you're finished putting the costume on you give them a treat and then they wander around and everybody in the world comes over and you know, fusses over them. And pets them, right? Tell them tell, And tell them how good they look. It's true, though. That's right. And their voices all rise. I mean, nobody's like, hey, that's a terrible. <laughs> oh, what a cute little pet. <laughs> you know, like, no, I'm sitting here, like, we're sitting in our studio, and our, one of our dogs is here, Ty, and I take him a lot when I'm doing a TV show. And I'm honestly, I mean, on the plane... He thinks anytime I'm leaving the house, he's going to be going to somewhere, <laughs> getting on a plane and going to a TV show. And the funny thing is, when he's sitting on my lap, people all want to talk about him and pet him. Yeah, and dogs adore that sort of thing. And you got to remember that the dogs are people magnets. I mean, if we have uh, individuals, usually seniors, who are otherwise sort of, you know, living alone and that sort of thing, and they're feeling socially isolated, and that tends to lead to depression and, and some really bad things like suicide. The best medication for that sort of thing is to prescribe the dog, because the people have to go outside with the dog, and then people stop and they talk to the person and the dog and that sort of thing. Dogs adore it, of course, but it also brings the social isolation in these individuals. Yeah, dogs are magnets. I remember I used to take my lab on the beach and walk along the beach. Oh, wait, Dr. Gordon. It was a great magnet. Wait, here's the thing, though. His dog was named Studley, okay? Does that tell you anything? Okay, Studley. Well, do you want my prescription? (laughs) Yeah, what what is it? The best cure for any form of confusion (laughs) is to talk to your dog with a glass of wine in your hand. Ah, this was so much fun, It was, it was. Okay, well, that was Dr. Stanley Quarren, contributor to Psychology Today. To learn more about Dr. Quarren, visit stanleycorrenonline.com. Ah, the bell, that's the signal to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. Next week, we're talking about service dog laws. How to incorporate your dog into the upcoming Jewish holidays. And, of course, there's always more pet buzz with Dr. Fleck and I. Well, Dr. Fleck, why don't you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Jessica Arnold, Matthew Beisner, and Dr. Stanley Corrin. And then, of course, we have to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have any questions, write us at team at petbuzz.com. We'll cover it on our next show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. 
The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got to me. I like the outdoors, camping, boating, riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I'll poop outside. Doesn't everyone? A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night and he led me over to a very specific person. And here that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals.